Celeste, you know, when I heard you do that at the first service, I wondered whether you were on drugs. I am now sure that you're on drugs. <laughs> who, who came to that wonderful family evening we had on Monday night, the, the film uh, show? And uh, just put your hand up if you came to that. Well, not so many. Interesting. We had 300 plus here. Uh, and uh, we just had a tremendous time. We showed that old movie, um, It's a Wonderful Life. And that was in here. And then the kids had kids' movies, Shrek, and all sorts of stuff going on down there. And the atrium had hot dogs and, um, uh, you know, popcorn and goodness knows what else for sale. And oh, there was also a kind of nativity thing that you put your face in and they took pictures of you. It was just such a fun event. And it was free. It was, and, and people just came in. And they, we had so many lovely comments about the evening. We, we charged for the refreshments, but, you know, just at cost. But we had such a wonderful evening. And, and, and I just want to say thank you to all of our staff here and our volunteers and our intern disciples. I want to say thank you to Joe, bless her for doing all the painting. But a big thank you to Celeste, uh, who was up here, and Kev Nash, our children's pastor, because to be honest with you, those guys worked to make that happen. So would you just give them a little clap, you know, seriously. Well, it's my privilege just to kind of pull a few thoughts together. Let me just pray, and then we'll, we'll pitch straight in. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you. And for some of us, this is our first Christmas as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian. Uh, this time last year, we were doing all sorts of things, but it certainly wasn't following you. We want to say thank you for what you've done in our life this year. For some of us, it's the one of many, many Christmases. And Lord, uh, we confess, we say to you, sometimes the wonder of it begins to elude us. And I pray, Lord God, that uh, yes, as, as I'm praying a lot these days, I want to be entertaining, I want to be engaging, but most of all, I want to be effective in, in what I'm about to say. And I pray, Lord, that for each and every one of us, you will visit us, and that, Lord God, we will know that you have come to us to rescue us this Christmas. And everyone said, Amen. Now, here's an intriguing thing. Um, I preached at the last service, and, uh, oh, there was lots of good stuff in it. And uh, I did so many notes and things. But I was profoundly unhappy with it at the end of it. So that goes, that's that sermon gone out the window. And uh, I'm hoping the guys are going to take this one. And uh, I'm going to be able to redeem the situation. But I have, as always, because it's the Christmas service, I have, as always, got one or two little film clips. And I want to share those with them because they're delightful. And very often in the simplest of things, there's a profound truth. You know, we can spend hours and hours over our books. Those of us who, for, for us, you know, for, for people like myself for whom this is part of what I do, you know, I, I've had long conversations with a Scottish theologian friend of mine just to try and get myself in gear for this Christmas. Would you believe it? But sometimes it's the simplest things that, pro, that just communicate the most profoundly. And so I'm going to show you one or two clips to do that. But let's begin. Let's begin with the Word of God. Luke chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. I think it's on the screen behind me. But the angel said to them, that's the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby 
wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Not a king in a castle or a prince in a palace. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Wonderful story. I think I told you last week I, I went to uh, my granddaughter's first school nativity. And, uh, and how many of you have been to a school nativity this year? Just out of interest. You know, they keep on coming. And they just get better and better. Well, I went, and it, I, I must confess, it brought a tear to my eye. But this gospel, this good news, and we've been looking at it a bit over the last few months. We've been trying to understand it better. This good news, as the angel said, is good news for everyone. All peoples everywhere. In fact, in the last book of the Bible, it speaks of a great time of worship. Um, you know, uh, not completely different to what we've just experienced. But in that time and in that place, people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue will worship Christ as Savior and Lord. And today we're going to call upon some of our brothers and sisters in Christ to help us to understand and wonder again at this gospel. And so uh, we're going to watch our first film clip. This is from a bunch of kids in New Zealand, a church called St. Paul's, the Nativity. Enjoy. Isn't that a delight, an absolute delight, and so well done. You know, those guys just did it as a sort of in-house church thing, but last year it went, as they say, and I'm not sure if I quite understand the, the terminology, but it went viral. That meant it went onto the internet and it went all over the world. It's just like the gospel that is going all over the world. And you know, sometimes you hear, and I buy into it too, that Christmas is a time for the kids, but you know what? It isn't just a time for the kids. It's a time for all people. That's one reason why we, we really try hard here to, to bless as many as we can. That's why on Christmas Day, so many of you are giving up your time to, to serve people who would be otherwise on their own or are a bit, bit strapped for cash this year and going to be Christmas dinners and goodness knows what and presents and gifts and you know the, the amount of goodwill that that engenders because this time is a time of celebration, a time of good news to all people, all people. It says in the scriptures that, you know, out of the mouths of babes and children will come the praise of God. And when we begin to understand and grasp what it is that God has done for us in sending us Jesus, we become childlike again. Suddenly, it's as if we're, you know, born again. It's like God makes all things new in us. And we begin to move away from cynicism and skepticism and criticism. We begin to move away from that and, and we begin to see God's goodness in all its forms. And praise and worship begins to rise up within us. You know, over the centuries, many great men and women have, have attempted to express God's praise and worship through, through music and art and drama and, and great, great pieces like the Handel's Messiah and the rest of it. And, you know, can we add anything to that? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Because God warms all of our hearts. And our whisper, our sigh, our, our, our little thank you off the tip of our tongue is something that blesses him. But you know, we're gonna watch another little film clip. This again, we're going abroad to get some help here. You would not believe where we're going now. <laughs> 
we are going to Alaska. And this is a, a little video clip that some kids in a primary school did as a project, uh, and again they put it on the internet, wonders of the internet, and again it went viral. And nearly a million people have seen this now. And it's, hand, it, it, it's the Hallelujah Chorus, a wonderful piece of music. Can it be topped? Can it be enhanced? Can it be bettered? Watch these kids. They add value. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Deserves to be seen. And, and, and it's a wonderful piece of music. But those kids and their families added value to that. Thank God for that. You know, the whole business of this speaks to me. I said sometimes the simplest things seem to communicate. And the very fact that just this morning, the last 20 minutes, we've seen things from New Zealand and those kids there, and things from Alaska and those kids there, just speaks to me again that this gospel is for everyone. And however you are today and wherever you've come from and wherever you are in your life journey, you know, and wherever, wherever or, or, or not you felt or experienced something during our worship together, the truth of the matter is that God sees you. God sees us. God comes to us. And he values and treasures us. It is a wonderful thing we share. It's not just for the elite. It's not just for princes in palaces and kings in castles. It's for us. It's for men and women everywhere, just like the angels said. You know, the, the sad thing is, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but when Jesus was born as, his, as a baby, his own people, many of his own people missed the moment, particularly the religious, the religious authorities. And as, as a religious person, I guess you'd have to say, I, I need to be careful that I don't miss it. But the religious people of Jesus' day, they were looking for the Christ, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world. But as they were doing that, they had an expectation. They had a preconceived idea as to what God would be like and how he would come to them. I, I so hope that's not you. I so hope that you don't have a preconceived idea of what God is like or how he should or could come to you. You see, the Jewish leaders of the day, they understood that the Messiah, the Christ, this unique being was going to be king of kings. They had an understanding that he was going to be the priest of priests. By that I mean someone who would carry the message or be the message between where we are, where you are, and God. But what they missed was that Jesus, this Christ, would himself be the sacrifice. He would be, this special, precious being, would be the very one that would have to die and forego all of the honor and glory that is his, that is his in order to rescue us. An extraordinary thing. I'm going to show you my last clip and then sort of wrap it up. This is Hollywood, not kids, but this is Hollywood, a lovely film that came out just a few years ago, The Nativity, and this is The Visit of the Three Kings. And interestingly enough, the theology, if you'll forgive the word, is really good. 
Makes me want to see the rest of the movie, doesn't it, you? It's probably on somewhere. The thing I love about that story is that film clip is that the first two kings bring that which was expected. People were expecting the king of kings. And the first king brings gold for the king of kings. The second one brings that which was expected, this unique person, the Messiah, the Christ we call him, was going to be priest and king. And the second king brought frankincense, something that was used in the worship. And and it was frankincense for the priest of priests. But did you see the third king? And this was the, the thing that so many stumbled over. The third king, as he came forward, he hesitated. He looked at his colleagues for for reassurance, and it was as if they said, go on, go on. And he knelt, and he laid a gift of myrrh. Myrrh was used in the funeral rites, the rites of of a wealthy person who had died and was being prepared for burial. What a thing to give a baby. And he kneels down, And he gives this gift of myrrh, and he says, in honor of the sacrifice. You see, the pain and suffering in the world today, not forget about yesterday or tomorrow, the pain and the suffering in this world, the sin in the world, the dysfunction in the world, that has to be paid for. It's too big to ignore. It's too big to sweep under the carpet. It's too big to just pretend and say, well, well, forget that. I'm going to try and make a better job of it tomorrow. It has to be dealt with. And the way God deals with it is extraordinary. He's the judge of all. He passes judgment on sin, my sin, your sin. He passes judgment, and we are left wanting and in a dangerous place. But God looks upon us with compassion. And he, in his son Jesus, comes as both savior and sacrifice. He redeems us. He is the one that pays the price. It's as if the judge passes judgment behind his high desk in a courtroom and then takes off his judge's wig, his judge's robes, steps round to the front, presents himself to the bailiff of the court and says, take me, I will pay for this man's sin. Christ does that for us. That's why we, we struggle sometimes to receive the gift, because God has seen us. God has rescued us. You know, I'm fortunate in my life, you know, many, God has done many good things for me, but my spiritual renewal and my prayer is that for some of you today, this will be a day of spiritual renewal. You came just to placate a friend or to, just because you felt it was a good thing to do, and, and you do that occasionally, but I pray that for today, this will be a, a moment of spiritual renewal. For me, my day of spiritual renewal came quite dramatically. I wasn't raised as a Christian. I became a Christian when I was about 12 or 13, and 
did my best for a few years just to try and live a Christian life, but then went, as so many do in their teens, went way away from God. In fact, I ended up angry with God for reasons I'm not going to bore you with. And then one day, I had a business and all the rest of it. One day, I decided I was going to do a little adventure. And this adventure involved walking across the North York Moors in 24 hours. It's called the Like Wake Walk. It's one of those things you do if you live in the north of England, if you're into outdoor activities. So a friend of mine and I, we set off at dawn one day, and we were going to walk 40 miles across the moors over to Raven's Car or Raven's Cliff, wherever it was, in a day. We hadn't gone too far when my friend started developing blisters. By the halfway mark, he just said, I can't go on. And we were met halfway by my, my wife, and she had various soup and stuff like that. And he said, I can't go on. Now, by rights, I should have said, I won't go on either. All the books, all the guides said, do not do the moors at night alone. I was foolish. I decided to go it alone. Night fell, and by about one in the morning, my batteries on my torch were all but faded. There was a sliver of a moon, and I could just make out the path or so, I thought. But I took a wrong turning. Before I knew it, I found myself wading through bog. Now, that is very dangerous. Bog on the moors, as some of you know, there are stories about them swallowing ponies and tractors and goodness knows what, and they are those, they're stories like that for a reason. I became very frightened. I lost my way. I was on the moors. I carried on a little bit, and then I started to get really cold. And the second danger on the moors is that you, you, you begin to get cold, you then get sleepy, you lay down, you sleep, and then you develop what they call hypothermia. I was so cold, and I became incredibly tired, I thought, I'll just lay down for a minute. And there was this great big bank of heather. So I lay down in the heather, I pulled up some heather and pulled it over me, and I'm just drifting off. And suddenly I thought, no, 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 this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. I, I'm going to die up here if I do this. So I staggered to my feet again, and I carried on walking. <clears throat> my map, my compass was no good to me because I didn't know where I was, and you have to know where you are in order to set a, a line. Suddenly I came to a wood. I was grateful for that because I knew enough to know that it would be warmer in the wood, just it is warmer in woods. So I started walking through the wood, but the wood was one of these forestry commission fir tree plantations, and it got thicker and thicker and thicker. It wasn't like a walk on a Sunday afternoon in the woods. It got to the point where I'm forcing my way through these, these fir trees that are thick. It got so bad that I ended up lying on my stomach pushing my pack ahead of me, crawling, shuffling underneath the low branches of, amongst all the pine needles. And I did that for I don't know how long, hoping I'd, I'd hit a forestry commission trail or something. 
I kid you not, I suddenly realized I was in a, in a desperate plight. I could become one of the stories, one of the statistics. I was beginning to shake, I was freezing, it was involuntary. And I just lay there. And the weird thing was, if you make of this what you like, as I lay there, I happened to look up. And even though there was this thick black forest all around me, I looked up, I could see a star. Now, I hadn't spoken to God in probably eight years at that moment. And I thought about my wife and our newborn baby, Noel, my eldest daughter. I thought about my life back home and how stupid I was doing this thing. And I said the first prayer I'd said for eight years. And I said, I know. I know I've been running for you and you all these years. And I looked up at the, that star thing. And I said, God, if there's any way you can get me out of this, I'll try and serve you. If there's any way, any way. That's all I could muster. I was just about to start struggling on again, pushing my pack forward and following the pack along. When I heard a couple of voices, I thought, what? I heard some voices. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but they were, they were definitely some voices. So I started to push my pack towards them and wriggle along underneath this. Here I am, literally in the middle of the North York Moors. And then I begin to make out that there's a glimmer, and I can still hear these noises, these voices. So I struggle towards them, pushing my pack, shimming along, pushing my pack, shimming along, pushing. And of course, the, the fact I could hear these voices encouraged me. I was thinking, oh, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God, thank you. May they not go away, may they just stay there. And as I got closer, I could see that there was a Land Rover parked up on a, on a presumably a forestry commission path. And, and there were two, the lights were on, and there were two blokes leaning against the bonnet. This was now 3.30 in the morning. What were they doing out there? So I crawled a bit further, and then I said, Oi, are you there? And they both went, <laughs> They absolutely jumped out of their skins. And when they decomposed themselves, they said, Where are you? Who are you? What are you doing? Gave us a fright of our lives. And I said, My name's Chris. I'm, I lost, lost the path up there, mate. I got lost. And, Boy, am I glad to see you. And they, they looked down and they shone the torches and then they saw me and they pulled me out. And it turned out that they were the fell rescue team. They had been called out because somebody else was lost on the moors. I heard those people calling for help. I shouted to them, stay where you are. That was much earlier on, hours before. And they had been called out to look for those people. And so there they were, 50 meters or so from where I was when I prayed my prayer. And they said, so, you know, who are you and what are you and all the rest of it? And how are you? 
And they gave me some hot soup. And they said, go and sit in the van, man, you're freezing. They put one of those sort of blanket things around me and sat there. And then they took me in the truck to a meeting point where all over the fells, people were looking for these other people that got lost. Because I sat in the back there. It made me wonder, you know. It made me wonder. There was chattering going on around and walkie-talkies, and they found the other people, and I eventually got home, otherwise I wouldn't be here now, would I? But I came off that moor knowing that when I needed God, he saw me. He heard me. Just as he knows you. Just as he sees you. Just as he hears you. Jesus, the Christ, God with us. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Perhaps the worship team could come up. Heavenly Father, we want to say thank you to you. Lord, we get very busy and very concerned and we'd love to say our lives were full of faith, but that's not always true. And we imagine that you must be very busy with important things and nice people and great people and holy people. And it's a bit of a, an eye-opener to think that you come to us and that you come to us here in this old warehouse in Hertfordshire and you come to us now and you come to us this day. And Lord God, we pray that you'll see us now and that we may not be great prayers, but Lord God, you'll hear us and that, Lord God, you will rescue us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you guys want to stand? Shepherds quake at the 
says in his word he says behold I stand at the door and knock if, ever, if anyone opens up I will, I will come in whatever you've done whatever your background I will come in I will dwell with you I, I choose you Jesus is knocking at the door today and I guess the question is rather like the Nativity story, is there room? Is there room in your life for him? Is, or are you going to be like the innkeeper and say no room at the inn? This would be a wonderful time, a wonderful day for you to let Christ in, God with us. If that's something you want to do, just go to my right, your left at the end of the service, and our friends will, will pray for you. Just ask a blessing upon you. Do not put this off, because he will move on. Do not put this moment off. To be frank with you, if there's anything you'd like prayer for, just go to my right, your left, and we'll pray for you. And our prayer team before the service felt that there may be a, a lady here 
with very sore eyes, possibly conjunctivitis. Let's pray for you if, if, if that's something that you think you may be struggling with. Somebody with anxiety uh, linked to breathing problems. Maybe it's a horse and cart thing. Maybe you have breathing problems which leads to anxiety. Who knows? Don't worry, get prayer. There's a lady here, maybe, a lady called Nicola, struggling with fear. She's had a deep vein thrombosis problem. If that's you, get some prayer. A man struggling from heartburn, indigestion, digestive problems. Let's pray for you if that's you. A man or a woman suffering with a hip problem. If you've got a, a hip problem that's just not getting better, if anything, it's getting worse, let's pray for you. Maybe there's a young lady here who's beginning to self-harm or beginning to self-harm again, struggling with anorexia and things. Do you know what? Let's, let's just pray for you. You're not alone. He sees you. He sees you. Now the Christmas blessing. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us his peace. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Christmas Eve, carol service in the atrium, 45 minutes. Great to bring your friends and your family to. See you there. Five o'clock, seven o'clock. Thank you.